Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Howdy. How are you? Good. You? Fantastic, actually. Okay, before we get started, I talked about... Did I talk about it in the podcast You did. Yesterday? Yeah, you did okay. talk about... Then I'm going to do an update. Your broken self. <laughs> well, I mean, I do feel somewhat vindicated because I scheduled an acupuncture appointment and an osteopath appointment based on a lot of the text messages that we got here to the, the show and DMs that, that I got after the podcast. So I had acupuncture yesterday. I'd never had it and I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that it uses needles and I hate needles. Maybe that's why I've never gone. But I went to see the, the acupuncturist, and he was great. He looked at my knee, and he looked at my back, and he's like, okay, I, I think I know what to do here. I told him everything, and he said, okay, just lay here very, very still, face the wall, bend your right knee. So I'm laying there on my side, one knee bent, one stretched out. He put a whole bunch of needles in, and some of them I felt, some of them I didn't even feel. I was surprised to see that there was a needle there when I looked around, and he said, okay, I'll be back in half an hour. And I thought, well, this is a little uneventful. I didn't realize that I would just take a nap for half an hour. You just lay there now. <laughs> yeah. But I did that. He came back in and said, okay, you're done. Pulled all the needles out. And he's like, I'd like to see you again, maybe in a couple of days. Are you available like on Friday or early next week? And I said, yeah, you know what? I'll come back and see you Friday. But I walked out of there and I thought, well, I think I just wasted 80 bucks. I don't really think that did anything. Fast forward to about an hour later, and I was almost completely back to normal. Almost. Still, my back still hurts a little bit. Knee still hurts a little bit. But otherwise, I'm in actual shock at how mobile I am today compared to yesterday, where it was a chore to get out of the car. It was a chore to get in and out of bed yesterday. I actually can't believe how effective that was. Mm-hmm. Why Good. isn't everybody doing this? Well, but, Why did it take to this point in my life for me to realize that acupuncture can actually work? Well, people do do it. I mean, that's why it is a it is a profession. And, um, you know, whether you're a go-to for uh, osteopath, which I know you, you're going to still go to your appointment today, you were mentioning to me. And I hope you do, because I'm curious what an osteopath does. Never been to one in my life. <laughs> me too. I, I mean, I'm just doing all this on blind faith based on listener recommendations. But I think that's what it's all about. If you have benefits, it, of course it helps. Yeah, like some people who don't have benefits, they're not going to opt for something like that. And I, I understand because the cost can add up if you want to go regularly. But for those who are able to go and able to go regularly, some people swear by it, whether it be acupuncture and that works for them, whether it be a chiropractor and that works for them, an osteo, whatever, a massage therapist, whatever it might be. So, hey, maybe you found your thing, man. Maybe you know, you're just an acupuncture. You should just go regularly from now on. Maybe I should. And, and what frustrates me is I distinctly remember talking to my doctor years ago and the topic of acupuncture came up and he basically blew it off and just laughed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, why would a doctor write that off? Because I know that if I'd gone to a walk-in clinic yesterday, I would not feel this good today. There's a Not without a lot of drugs. There's a bit of a divide between those kind of more natural healings and, and a doctor or healthcare from what I found. But I don't understand. Just, if someone just wants to feel right, why, why wouldn't we do anything we can to just make them feel mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I tend to agree with you of completely. 
Um, that's why some people tend to go to see a naturopath as opposed to a doctor. Maybe they've done the, the, the doctor thing and the pills and everything else. And then they want to go see a, a naturopath to see if they can get different running. Hey, to each their own, I think. I, I don't think that we should be, com- they should have to compete for it. But whatever works for you should be the thing you go with. So I'm glad you at least tried it. Obviously you are too. Well, I will never discount anything like that again. And maybe in the past, based on the experience I'd had with doctors, maybe I had written this stuff off in my mind and hadn't even considered it a viable option. I'm absolutely going to do this again. I'm going to keep my osteopath appointment today. I'm going to go back for that second round of acupuncture on Friday. If it may, it, you know how they usually say at the doctor's office, uh, tell us on a scale of one to 10, how bad's the pain? Right. It was pretty bad yesterday. I would have said I was about an eight out of 10 pain. Mm-hmm. By the time about an hour had gone by since I had the acupuncture, that eight out of 10 dropped down to about a five and it's about a four today. Okay. That's, that's a that's, huge that's improvement. That's very good. Well, I uh, thank you. I, I truly do thank everybody who took the time to send a note. And if you were one of the people who recommended that, God bless you. Because holy cow, I feel like a new guy. I, I, I feel good. I'm mobile again. And it's been a while since I felt this good. Uh, it's a hard day today. No doubt. Here in Southern Ontario, we are not used to seeing active shooter alerts mm-hmm. come up on our phones. And when that happened yesterday, I did happen to see a bit of what was going on. I was getting a coffee and they had a CP24 on inside the Tims. So I saw that there was a shooting in Mississauga and I thought, ah, there's a shooting all the time in Mississauga. Yeah. I didn't think too much of it. Then I got that alert on my phone probably about 15 minutes later and I thought, no, it can't possibly be the same shooting. Then I heard about a shooting in Milton. Then, eventually, it was a shooting in Hamilton. And I thought, how the hell is all this connected? What is going on? And I'll admit, I was wanting more information. I'm like, why aren't the police telling us more? That active shooter alert that they sent out, the description was vague. It didn't have a lot of information. It basically just said, be vigilant. Well, I'm vigilant all the time. I I don't know what more I could have done. I I wish they would have included a little more in that, kind of like they do for an Amber Alert. But uh, we had to wait, as it turns out, for the chiefs of police to get organized because they have to get organized when a cop has been killed in the line of duty and when police officers are involved in shooting a suspect. And all of that happened from this one case. So for those who don't know, or you haven't been able to make sense of it, there's a name you should remember. He is 48-year-old Constable Andrew Hong. He is a Toronto police officer who was killed yesterday while on a training exercise. He was on a meal break, went into Tim Hortons to grab a drink, and this fucking idiot walked up and shot him in cold blood. He basically executed this cop. And I don't know the circumstances of it, but somebody else in that incident was left with life-altering injuries. Typically, life-altering injuries means uh, permanently paralyzed, loss of a limb, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the details yet. Maybe they've come out, but we just finished a a four-and-a-half-hour radio show, so I haven't really had a chance to to dive too deep into Mm -hmm. it. But those two shootings happened there, and again, the tragic death of a Toronto police officer who was on a training exercise. I mean, God damn it, that's sad. Then this guy takes off, I'm going to assume along the 401 or Derry Road, into Milton. It's believed he went to where he works, an auto body shop. He shot three people. He killed one of them. 
So is that is that the belief at this point, as we record this, is that he worked at this particular auto body shop? So I haven't independently confirmed that, again, because I just got off the radio, but that's what the indications are from the, was, the people you know, who are trying to report on this. He went to his place of employment, and he shot three people, one of them dead, a father of three, I'm told, and then another person with serious injuries and another person with critical injuries. Yeah, I I mean, uh, we tend to have a curiosity and understandably human nature to know, to want to know exactly what happened here. Um, why this particular, like, we're wondering now if this w- cop was targeted or yeah. did it just, he just happened to take it out on whatever cop was nearby. You assume that it was because he was a cop and not just any man who was sitting there because he could have shot any man who was sitting here. Instead, he, and from what we heard, ambushed this particular police officer and shot him, like mm-hmm. you said, in cold blood, in the middle of a Tim Hortons, while this man was just doing his job, not you know, not even confronting this man for anything. He was ambushed. Mm -hmm. Then goes to his employer, allegedly, potentially goes to where he was employed. So obviously we know that there, there might be a story here. Is this particular police officer linked to this man from a previous issue? We don't know because they haven't even released the name of the shooter at this point. Correct? No, No, they haven't. Not as far as I know. Anyway, Man, I just, uh, what, what kind of a person, what kind of a diabolical person would do this? Well, then, Halton police were on this guy's tail. They chased him all the way to Hamilton. Hamilton police got involved at that point, too. I think everybody knows. I don't know the street. Is it York, I think, maybe? Uh, There's a cemetery right off the main street there. And this guy went into the cemetery and got into a shootout with the cops. And the first indicator or the first report says four police officers exchanged gunfire with this suspect. Witnesses that were on the news last night are saying they heard upwards of 30 shots fired. Mm -hmm. So this was quite the shootout, and eventually the suspect was killed. So now we're in a situation where we've got a dead police officer, just tragic beyond belief. We have got dead civilians, again, tragic beyond belief. People left with life-altering injuries, people in critical condition, people in serious condition, cops that are going to have to deal with that and live with that for the rest of their lives that they shot and killed someone he was a bad guy but it doesn't make it any easier when you're trying to sleep at night knowing Mm -hmm. you've killed somebody and watched them die i mean this is a tragedy all over the place and us as members of the public i know that there's no current threat to public safety but we all have a lot of questions and we aren't even going to get answers to a lot of those questions right away because now the siu is involved And there's a whole bunch of things that have to happen because this police officer was killed on duty. That was part of the reason that we didn't learn many details right away because the protocol dictates that the chief or the deputy chief, somebody has to go and do that call. Think about what that's like. The awesome responsibility of being in charge of a police force when you've got to go and knock on the door of one of your staff and inform the family that their loved one isn't coming home. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Horrible. I, I mean, I, I'm just beside myself that this happened, and it happened so close to home. I mean, we don't get those things here. We don't get those active shooter alerts here. It's really, really scary. And I, I, we'll learn more about the guy who did this. I'm curious to know if this was his first interaction with the law. Mm-hmm. Is this someone who is out on bail? Is this someone who is a a perfectly normal, upstanding citizen who snapped? We don't know any details about this, but frankly, I want to know. And I just don't know how long it's going to take to get that information. But in time, it will come out. 
Right now, it's about supporting a police force that is no doubt in complete and utter shock and profound sadness and a community. So many people got impacted by this. And God damn it, is it ever sad? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I heard an interesting commentary yesterday. It was the increase that we've seen recently in violent crime, because I know that this is the one that we're talking about. But before that shooting yesterday, a lot of people got shot in the GTHA over the weekend. A lot of people. And this gun violence is indicative of a couple of different things, in my estimation anyway. Number one, the economy. The first indicator that the economy is bad or that the economy is tanking is an increase in violent crime. Then we have a gun problem to begin with. It is amazing how many people have guns that the government has no idea about because they got smuggled over a border. Was this gun smuggled over a border? I don't know. I suspect he was not a legal gun owner. I suspect anyway. So there's that. We also have a a, a revolving door justice system. We've heard uh, some top politicians in Canada weigh in on this. And if it turns out that this guy had had interactions with the law and was out and managed to get a gun, that's a serious problem too. Now, kind of speculating a little bit here, obviously, because we don't know, but that's the way it's going. And we need to follow up on this. We need to talk about this. We need to figure out what has gone so wrong that we're having shootouts in the middle of a goddamn Mm -hmm. Tim Hortons in the middle of the day. Yeah, it's scary stuff. And it gets close to home. And I think it doesn't matter where exactly you live. You don't have to live in one of those cities. I don't in order to feel like that could happen anywhere. And that scares me. Like the thought of that absolutely scares me. When I got the alert yesterday, I had just, my daughter had just come off the bus. We were safe at home. And I thought, even though, it came from Peel region. It was a Peel region alert. I thought this person could be anywhere. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know if there's more than one person. Perhaps they don't know. Thank goodness I'm safely inside. And also the fact that we even have to read about that. And then reading about the police officer that was killed and then another person killed. After that, we found out uh, it, it's it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. It's It's not okay. And I feel like, yes, it is getting worse. I feel like it is getting worse. A lot of people actually had that sentiment is that just gun violence in general is definitely getting worse. So what are we doing about it? Well, I mean, in in the summertime, we do tend to see a spike, but it feels like in the last year, we didn't get that summertime spike because it's been elevated all year round. Uh, This happening with all those shootings over the weekend. And then this, are we calling it a mass shooting? I know we're calling it an active shooter situation, but a lot of people got shot here. At least five plus the victim, six people. Mm Mm-hmm. It's insanity to me, and I don't know what the solution is at this point. I really don't, but I would hope that at the highest levels of government, they are doing everything they can to figure out a strategy. And whatever that strategy is, it's got to be tough. It's got to be quick. Uh, Premier Ford had a great statement yesterday. He said, may justice be swift and quick. Uh, Good. He's absolutely right. Well, in this case, the guy is dead now, but... um, we, we really need to, to take a look at what's going on and what the causes of this are. Is this gang activity? I don't know. I mean, he was alone. I, I, we'll wait for the investigation. We will. But nonetheless, what happened yesterday was a tragedy, and this is something that we should be paying close attention to. Do the police need more money? Do they need bigger budgets? Do they need more equipment? Do they need more surveillance? Do they need new laws? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But those are questions that we need to answer. And if they say they need something... 
they better damn well get it. Think about how sad and scary it would be even today as a police officer, just not knowing any more information from this case. None of us do. And perhaps some police officers do at this point, obviously. Others won't. But being in those shoes and saying, hey, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to sit down at a Tim's and second guessing you doing anything, including just being on a lunch break. Qu- questioning like, and being scared of anything. What about all those other people that were in that Tim's? It was a Tim's in the middle of the afternoon at Winston Churchill in it, Argentia. It was. I've been there. I mean, I think a lot of people have who like come off the 401 for a break. I used to go there, there to that particular Tim's often. People do. All, yeah. Every day. It's right beside uh, Toys R Us. Yeah. It's right near a Walmart. It's a busy plaza there. There's a winners there. I, uh, I feel for them, too. They saw some shit yesterday that, that'll be with them for the rest of their lives. There's a lot more victims than just the people who got shot. <clears throat> families that have been just completely devastated mm-hmm. because of this and it's really really scary but I, I really hope that this is priority number one that there are meetings happening today and everybody's going to agree that we need to figure out a strategy and whatever the people who are charged with keeping us safe need they get I really really hope that that happens um what else can we do here I've got a whole bunch of stuff. I'm just not sure the order I want to go in. Mm-hmm. We just did serious. Know, you want to do something a little less serious yeah. and then go to something more serious? Let's do that. Um, I'm happy about this because I'm a foodie. And I am one of those people who will travel to go to an exceptional restaurant. And I've never been to a Michelin star restaurant where I thought, they don't deserve a Michelin star. They're usually pretty reliable. And finally... A Canadian Michelin guide is coming. It gets released later on tonight. Toronto is the first market. And a Toronto restaurant, at least one, is going to be awarded one, two, or three Michelin stars. So you can get a restaurant with Michelin stars. You can get a chef or a chef brigade that gets Michelin stars. And then there's a few other designations that they can hand out. Good. We're a, uh, we have some fantastic mm. restaurants in Toronto that should be honored. I mean, hey, it's one thing to go over to the Savoy in London. Beautiful restaurant. Deserves its Michelin stars. There's restaurants in Toronto that deserve it too. I'm going to go out on a limb here and predict it's not even that far out on a limb because I think everybody assumes Don Alfonso is probably going to be the first restaurant in Canada to be awarded a Michelin star. Have you been anywhere where you can think they deserve it too? Is there anywhere in Toronto off the top of your head where you think, yeah, that's probably a good, strong candidate for a Michelin star. Swiss chalet. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, <laughs> the sauce is the boss. Yeah, I mean, I've been to, I've been to a lot. I've been, I've been blessed to be to a lot of restaurants. I, I'm not, would not consider myself a foodie, but of course, I recognize and I absolutely appreciate a good meal. Um, and I've been to some fantastic restaurants. I've been lucky, particularly in Toronto. Um, I don't know. I don't mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be someone who would judge who should get a Michelin star or not. So I don't (laughs) think I could put myself in that shoes to be like, this person does it. Let me tell you why. They're all fantastic in my books. There's a lot of fantastic restaurants. I would say even like locally, I don't think it counts for anybody outside of Toronto, but maybe outside of Toronto proper, they're including as well. But I have dined at a Langdon Hall before and I found their food to be fantastic and the atmosphere to be good. I feel like that's right up the alley of it. But in terms of Toronto, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been to the the CN Tower restaurant. I've been to 360. I don't even know if that counts to be uh, up there. But for me, it was great. It was cool. It was fun. <laughs> um, the whole experience was. Lots of different restaurants, I feel like, could could 
get the star. I'm just glad that finally we're being recognized because the thing about this guide is it is also, you know, a travel guide for a lot of people. There's yes. plenty of foodies in, in the States, um, in uh, the UK, it, whoever might read this guide that will travel for food, that will travel for that experience. And if it receives a Michelin, two Michelin, three Michelin stars, they'll actually get on a plane and check the place out. So I think anything that brings more people to those spots and in, in, if, if it's Toronto proper alone, fine. If that brings them to Toronto to check out some of our cuisine here, then I think that that's a good start. Langdon Hall's a good call. Some people are speculating that Blue Bloods Steakhouse might get a Michelin star. To me, it's going to depend on how they award them and what the, yeah. I mean, if Don Alfonso gets three Michelin stars, then I could see somewhere like Blue Blood getting like one Michelin star. But there is a difference between the two. I could see uh, uh, if Don Alfonso gets three, maybe, maybe Harbor 60 would get a star. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering is about those popular steak joints like a Harbor 60. Like, do they just award it just because it's that? Or, I mean, I hope that there's, obviously there's a lot more to it. And the people who judge these things have already been to these restaurants. Yeah, it was a blind, sorry, not blind. They went in like secret shoppers back in June, I believe. Do you think they only go once? Like, and do you think Hard that matters? Say. Because yeah. I feel like if I was judging, I would want to judge more than just one plate. I would want to judge more than just one experience in total. I would probably go back twice, maybe three times to make sure that you really nailed it. Because what if you did nail it the first time, but then after that, it's like, ooh, this is a little off. Ooh, this experience wasn't so great. So I would assume they go more than once, but I guess they don't really give you that information, right? Because then you'd be looking for familiar faces. As someone who works there, maybe mm-hmm. like that person was in, that could be a Michelin star secret eater, whatever the fuck their <laughs> title is. But I feel like at those restaurants, there are so many people that are in town, like for example, on business. And if you're in Toronto on business from say, I don't know, Chicago, and you go to Blue Bloods, or you go to Don Alfonso, or you go to, there's dozens of them. I know I keep naming the same three, but there's some really great restaurants. If you go there once and love it, Why wouldn't you go back? Work's paying for it. You've probably got an expense account or a travel expense account. Why wouldn't you just go? Go back again. So I don't know if the wait staff could identify someone who they think, "Uh, that's suspicious. That person's been in like three times in the last couple of weeks. So hard to say, but either way, good luck to all of our Toronto restaurants and also good luck to the chefs. Chefs go through a pretty intensive training process. It takes a long time to craft or to, to hone their craft, mm-hmm. and to get recognition is great. I mean, actors have Oscars, and singers have Grammys, and chefs, they have Michelin stars. And now Canadians can finally get those Michelin stars. And it really does open the door, too. If you're a Michelin star chef, you will never be unemployed. You can always find work pretty well somewhere. So again, good luck to them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's a new pilot project being launched at Walmart, and they're going to try it out at their Guelph locations initially. It's a new kiosk, and it's specifically for me. And people like me who are, are very into to being as green as they can, 
want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. but always forget when they go out to bring their reusable bags with them. Happens to the best of us. So now with this new kiosk, you've gone in, you've made your purchase. There's no more plastic bags. And you think, shit, I forgot my, my reusable bags. You can go to this kiosk. It's a dollar per use or $3 for a month of unlimited use. You take the bags from there. You can just grab it as if it's your own. Get your stuff home. And the next time you're at Walmart, you put them back in the kiosk where they are cleaned and sanitized and then put back into circulation for the next person. It's like rent a reusable bag. And I feel like for a buck, that's probably pretty good value. It's only a buck, though, if you return it. If you don't return it, you bought it. Then they'll charge you for the full amount of the bag. Is that what it is? Probably? Which is what, like three bucks? So, but hang on a second, though. So are they taking your credit card information, basically, I think in so. order to get a $1 bag? Or uh, you get a rebate when you return it. I don't know how it works because I haven't actually seen right, the machine. Right. I just, I read the press release on it and I thought, interesting idea because I feel like there's a big market for people who leave the house without their reusable bags. You must have to know the difference, too, between what the rental bag is and what the regular bag is. Because I, I could I go back so. with the 15 regular bags that I purchased and get money back for them anytime. Yeah. So it's got to be like an, an interesting Look at system. you coming up with a scam already. Well, I mean, I've got some. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I made have... money selling Walmart, my old reusable bags. I, I'm assuming these are going to be a different color or look different so that they know these are the rentals and not the regulars. I just thought of that now because I thought, hey, I got a few Walmart bags hanging around. I just, is this going to end up being like kind of counterintuitive? Like, because how many people are going to go back unless that's your regular spot, unless you go there on the weekly. And if you do go there on the weekly, let's say, or even twice a week for some people, right? Might go to a Walmart location, your your neighborhood Walmart. How many of them are going to forget the bag? And if they do, okay, great. Maybe that works for you. It's $1, whatever. I don't know if this is going to work out. Like, I'll be honest. I'm not sure if this idea, if I was working at, at the meeting that where this idea came down and they were asking for input, I'd be like, I don't think it's going to work. I hate to be a naysayer, but I don't think it's going to work. But I mean, this is why they do pilot projects yes. in, 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 cert, in hey, certain markets anyway. Sure, sure. It's an option. It's an option, and options are good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot happening right now. The Queen is traveling from Edinburgh to London, England, her final journey back to London. And she's going to lie in state for four days before they hold a state funeral for the Queen on Monday. And I'm shocked at how much money Canada's big broadcast networks are spending to send crew and on-air people over to the UK right now. It seems like every channel has got half their staff over there. And those are just the on-camera people that we see. That doesn't include the camera operators and directors and producers and all the other people that have gone Mm -hmm. over there with them. The thing is, we've got half of our media over in the UK right now to cover what's going on, which to me would indicate this is a very big deal. But if they don't make Monday a holiday a lot of people might not necessarily have the ability to even watch it, even though half of our media is over there. You know, a good point in that nobody wants Monday to be a holiday more than the broadcasting corporation. More than Global, CTV, (laughs) Rogers, uh, all of them. I didn't even think about that, but it's true. Um, Yeah, again, here we are. It's Tuesday as we record this podcast. It's before 11 a.m. and we've received no notification that next Monday uh, during that funeral will be a day of mourning in terms of us having a holiday or no no stock market exchanges or no anything, nothing. 
But do you think at this point, would it be appropriate if they knew that they weren't doing it, if they at least confirmed that they're not doing it? Like, hey, we recognize this is a day. We encourage employers to let their staff go early if that's a possibility so that they can watch it. So that I, it's a weird one for me for a funeral. Like, I don't think it should be a holiday. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be a holiday. I understand we're part of the Commonwealth. M- most people don't care. I'm going to say it. Most people, I think, in my mind, don't care enough to want to stop everything in their life and mourn the loss of the queen for a full day and take it as a ho- I know you people will take a holiday. Don't get me wrong. A paid, a paid holiday is great. Everybody loves that. But when it comes to the true reason why we would have that day off, most people will not even watch it. Most hmm. people will not care to take the time to mourn. Most people hate a lot of, I shouldn't say most people, a lot of people dislike the royal family and everything that it means and potentially the queen herself. I don't think it should be a holiday, especially considering when I know that (laughs) when she died on the calendar shouldn't matter. But I think in Canada, it kind of does because we have a very important day coming up at the end of the month that we just declared a holiday not long ago where we were supposed to reflect on uh, tra- tragic history that we have here as a country in indigenous stories. We're supposed to be listening to those and taking the day on the 30th of September. I, I don't know if Monday would make sense for us to stop everything for the death of the queen in which some people really don't care about at all. Okay. Fair point. And I, I agree with you. There's a lot of people who don't care, but two things I'd say to that. Number one, We have a lot of holidays that people truly do not care about and don't remember the reason for the holiday. Exactly. You know, I I think probably the most authentic holiday that we have right now is probably family day. You know, there's when you look at the amount of people that don't care about Christmas or don't even celebrate Christmas. Okay, that's one thing. Remembrance Day is another one. When's the last time you actually went to the Cenotaph? I don't mean you specifically, but in general, you don't see those large crowds like you used to. Uh, There's a lot of holidays that that a lot of people just don't care about. And I don't know if we ever will agree on that. But in my estimation, since we are a Commonwealth country, since the process of making us not a Commonwealth country would require us to reopen the Constitution, which opens the door for a lot of shit to go down. I don't think any government, whether it's the current one or the next one, whomever that may be, I don't think there's any appetite to reopen the Constitution to deal with that. It would have to be very, very persuasive public opinion to say we do not want this anymore for them to go down that road. So we're going to be a Commonwealth country for the foreseeable future. We do have a king as our head of state. We did have a queen who served for 70 years Mm -hmm. and has sadly passed away. And I think it's the least we can do to honor the woman after 70 years of service to Canada. That's my opinion, and I know not everyone's going to agree with that. I know uh, not everyone's going to agree with what you said. I do think that there is some merit to making it a holiday. And you know what? If nothing else, it's just a day. If it it ends up being an optional day, a flex day, one of those things, I think that there are those who would choose to to stay home and watch the funeral. There's others who will choose to work and take that day any other day. There's a lot of companies out there that chug along no matter what the day is. They're going to chug along on the 30th of September too. They're going to still have staff in and not have it's business is business. And that's kind of sadly the way that we operate is hey, it's business. So unless you force people to shut down, I don't see a lot of businesses being like, yep, you know what? Take the day guys. It's a flex day. I just don't see it. 
and, and again, I just I don't think that we need to pile on to days that we need to take off to do things that we're actually not going to do. Hmm. Uh, yesterday, I kind of thought the announcement would come down yesterday from Queens Park because the province controls the schools and so on and so forth. And if the schools are closed, that's the number one indicator that it should probably be a holiday. Because if you close the schools, you kind of got to close the businesses, or you're going to end up with a whole bunch of parents that don't have a daycare yeah, option for that. Yeah, of course, day. it's a domino effect. Absolutely. Uh, yesterday at Queen's Park, they held a ceremony to reorganize. It's, it's obligatory. Now we have to recognize the ascension of Charles to the throne and recognize him as the new head of state. And I thought, when you saw them all there at Queen's Park saving God save the king, I thought, okay, so they're probably going to proclaim Monday a holiday. That'll be the end of it and go on. But they didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then Justin did a news conference yesterday, and he didn't say anything either. And I thought, does nobody actually just want, nobody wants to actually say it's not a holiday. Yeah, that's It's almost the like they're just going to leave it as yeah. is, and we should just read into it that, well, yeah. they haven't said by now, so it's probably not. It, nobody wants to actually say those disrespectful words, and, and it would be disrespectful in a lot of people's minds. Yes. We're not going to pause to honor that, the, the queen. That's the exact thing I was thinking yesterday when still another day went by and we heard nothing. I thought, so they're not doing, in my mind, they're not doing anything. It's not happening. There's no holiday on Monday. But whether you agree with that or not, I do agree. And I think most of us would agree. It would be a nice courteous, at least at the very least thing to do to say, we, you can absolutely take the time. We encourage businesses. We encourage people to do it. We encourage you to watch if you can, if you must, but we are not going to declare it a holiday. But like you said, those words, Justin Trudeau doesn't want those words to come out of his mouth and it being on camera, you know, or anybody in the leadership doesn't want to just say it because there it is. But I mean, this is part of leadership. Oh, I agree with you. It's fucking dumb. (laughs) If you've decided, no, this isn't worth making it a holiday, say so. There's a lot of reason for the public to wonder if it's going to be a holiday. It is part of the official protocol. The UK has deemed it a holiday. Mm -hmm. It's reasonable to assume that we would too. And when they don't say, it just makes me think, you guys are so fucking wishy-washy. Take a stand. Say why. Mm -hmm. And let's move on. Mm -hmm. And if it is a holiday... Yeah, you'll probably get people that are asking, well, why is that a holiday? Why? We shouldn't even have the monarchy. Okay, well, we do. And that's the simple answer to that. Whether we should or shouldn't, we do. And we're making it a holiday because she was a great woman who was important to a lot of people. And uh, she's even on our money. So we're going to honor her with one day in exchange for her 70 years of service, 70 plus years of service to Canada. But I think they just don't actually want to say it, and that's weird. Uh, There is going to be a session of our federal parliament, though, even though the House has not formally returned yet. There is going to be a session on Thursday. They're going to hold ceremonies to honor the Queen and to proclaim Charles King of Canada. Okay. Just like Queen Elizabeth was Queen of Canada. Is he going to be like on a video call at that time? Or like, how, how uh, does he actually factor into that equation is my question. I, I don't think he has the time nor the inclination no. to jump on a video call with a hybrid parliament here in Canada. That's what, that, but that is like, I don't know. That's what makes me question the whole thing. Like he's not even, but he's probably going to hear about it like a couple days later. Oh, very cool. Very nice. Whatever. We're so involved. It's like being in a relationship where you're like, I love you. And the person's like, okay, you're cool. You're neat. That's what I feel like, to be quite honest with you. That's why I feel like it shouldn't be a holiday. I don't know how many people, even the parliament doing all of that. And for, I, I mean, whatever, we've had a fine relationship with them. And I'm not saying we should be out of the Commonwealth, but the fact that Charles, like the king himself isn't even going to be involved in it is kind of funny to me. Uh, all indicators are, though, that his first foreign trip will be to Canada. And we're told we can expect that possibly 
early in the new year. We throw him a birthday party and then he's not even going to come. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I feel like. You're like, dee, 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 we're going to sing you a song and you're not even there. It's fucking weird. It's just a weird concept to me. Um, speaking of parliament and, and doing a video call to drop in, like, thanks for proclaiming me king. Yeah. At least throw us a FaceTime or something. Like, someone help him with Harry. Help him with a FaceTime. The, uh... The parliament has again, our federal parliament, decided to allow the hybrid option. And I'll, maybe this isn't a popular opinion amongst all, but I have no problem with that. I don't mind having a hybrid parliament. What I do have an issue with is them declaring we're going to have a hybrid parliament because of COVID. They're mm-hmm. blaming it on COVID again. Again. And I think you hypocritical bastards, they just had a cabinet retreat out in BC for a few days, no masks, nothing like that, everyone together in one room, breathing the same air. Nobody was worried about COVID when they were out there living it up on the West Coast. Now the entire government caucus, senators and MPs, are in New Brunswick having another retreat at the opposite end of the country. No masks, no protocols, Mm -hmm. same room, breathing the same air, whatever. But the House of Commons in Ottawa is, ooh, that's dangerous. No, no, no. Allow the hybrid option for those who are worried. It's bullshit. It's time to stop this shit. If you want to have a hybrid parliament because it's practical, because it's costing a fortune to fly MPs and their staff from all over the country back and forth to Ottawa like an Uber nonstop. If you want to do that as a cost-cutting measure, if you want to do it as a matter of practicality, if you want to do it to accommodate members of parliament who have young children at home, if you want to do that for any number of reasons, stand up and say, we're doing it because it's 2022. Business meetings get conducted this way. We had kids learning this way for a long time. It's a matter of practicality and continuing to make this a place that people want to work at. Mm-hmm. Fine. Stop blaming COVID for us having a hybrid parliament. Stop trying to say, oh, well, there's the, the Omicron variants out there and then the Omicron subvariants. So, well, not everybody's comfortable. So we got to make it hybrid. Stop that shit because that's not what it is. If it was about that, why isn't everybody at that retreat in, in New Brunswick? And why wasn't everybody at that retreat yeah. in BC? Why wasn't everybody at the conservative convention this past weekend mm-hmm. wearing masks? Yeah. Why? You can't blame COVID for that. Enough's enough. Stop the shit. It's, uh, it's very, very frustrating. Oh, by the way, skip the dishes. Remember Skip? Sure. Skip is great. Yeah. I feel like they got to the Canadian market before Uber Eats did, right? Like oh, they were I, our original option. I think they? so too. Skip has been around for a long time. Thrived during the pandemic. Yep. Just thrived. Announced yesterday they're laying off 350 workers in Winnipeg. Okay, 350 in Winnipeg. Wait, there's 350 skip the dish workers in Winnipeg? Yeah. That's the startling fact to me. They're based what? out of there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're based out of Winnipeg. Yeah. I did not know this. So what is is the reasoning low sales? Well, a spokesperson says the affected employees are remote contact center workers who support multiple markets globally. So I don't know. Maybe your shift that day is is the the Florida market and you're getting calls from Tampa and Jacksonville and Orlando oh, and Miami uh-huh. because somebody didn't get their fries in their order or or they think their the drink wasn't proper. That sort of <laughs> right. thing. They they would handle that sort of stuff. So I don't know if they're just getting out of the customer service business or if they found a cheaper way to do it, but they say they're setting up the business and its partners for sustainable growth. 
In other words, having that many employees currently is not sustainable. In other words, revenue is not coming in at the rate that they want it to, sure. so they have to cut costs. And as we all know, the first thing that gets cut is employees yeah. and salaries. It's definitely an indicator. I'd be curious to know, and I don't keep an eye on it, so maybe that was published recently, how the other delivery services are doing. We know, like you said, in the pandemic, yeah, that was a go-to, right? Like you, you couldn't go to, you, you couldn't go to a restaurant at one point when you wanted to. Other times, maybe you were trying to be a little more careful. Patio season wasn't there for you. So you did the Uber Eats, the Skip the Dishes, the DoorDash. I wonder how the other two main competitors, I know there's more than just that, how they're doing. Uh, you know, I haven't heard anything from the others. I, I would assume that everybody's in the same spot. Hey, listen, I'm one of those people who believes our economy has been on the decline since the beginning of the year. Since we started coming out of COVID and since interest rates started going up, people have been feeling it. And now they're feeling it like never before. And we just raised interest rates again last week mm -hmm. without even knowing the full impact of the last full point interest rate hike in July. It was wildly irresponsible to do that. Tiff Macklem should be fired. Full stop. But I've never heard you say that before. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> but I think the economy is much worse than it is. And I think if there's companies like Skip the Dishes or other companies that are cutting employees, they're either experiencing it already or they're fully prepared for it. People are going to cut back big time. And one of the first things to go is delivery. And, and I mean, dining. And dining. And dining. When I look at the, the you know, you, like you said, it's tight. Sometimes that said, it's cheap. I find it's cheaper to actually do takeout or it feels like it's cheaper or the same amount, which matters, to do takeout than to buy the grocery store. I was adding stuff up when we were on holiday a while back. I thought, you know what? I'm going to put out an app spread. I had a couple people coming over. I'm going to put out a, a spread and fine. And I bought some things. But as I'm pricing out a couple of options that I wanted, I thought I could just order these in for either the same price or in some cases cheaper based on the cost of it. So I think for some people, they'll opt for it for those lower tier kind of foods, if you will. But I do find it still to be popular. Like, I mean, when I've gone into a restaurant in the last little while, there's always a spot just for those workers, just mm -hmm. for those with the big red, you know, case that's ready to put all the food in that whether you're with DoorDash, Uber Eats or anything else, I've noticed that being popular when I'm at a restaurant, people picking those orders up. So I think it's still happening quite frequently, whether it's a pandemic thing or a financial thing, right? Because yeah. some people also got used to it during the pandemic, so they'll keep going and others are like glad it's over and they go dine in. But true, financial also plays a part in it. So it's, it's hard to say. When it comes to takeout, I agree with you. I mean, if you just want to put something in you, yeah, you can get a McDouble. You can get a McDouble and a drink and, and maybe even tack on a small fry for under $5. Is it healthy? No, 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 no. It's not. But you can do it. If you want to eat healthy, i.e. buy food and cook, yeah, that's going to cost you a lot more, especially with the inflation the way it is. If you want to get takeout, but you want it delivered, that's when you get into it's not really apples to apples because there's the delivery fee. There's the tip. You're always going to throw in a couple to, of extra Yeah, you have to include all of that. Stuff. All that yeah. sort of stuff factors in. Yeah. So I feel like while I could go to McDonald's and probably eat for five bucks, that same $5 order, once I get it delivered, is actually closer to 11 And for $11, I probably could have just gone to the grocery store and made an actual meal that might even leave me leftovers for tomorrow for lunch. So everybody's doing math their own way in sure. their own head and trying to figure out what works for them. I just think that it's pretty telling when a company like Skip is laying off three. 350 workers yeah. all 
in one shot. Yeah, that is telling. We'll keep an eye on that. One last thing I want to run by you. And I feel like we've talked about this before, but I don't remember what you said about it. Do you believe people who have gone right up to the point of giving birth and still didn't know they were pregnant? (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, it happens enough time that I, of course I believe them. I'm not going to say you're a liar. I believe you. Sure. A teen mom was shocked by the way she discovered she was pregnant. She found out she was pregnant when she went into labor. The woman named Alexis said she had no clue she was pregnant until her own mom spotted the baby's head popping out from under her uniform skirt. The 19-year-old who gave birth at 15 is now detailing her surprise cryptic pregnancy, one that failed to be detected. Story time about my cryptic pregnancy, she wrote in the caption. Despite negative tests and regular periods, after noticing unusual heartburn, she carried on with her regular life until she noticed a little bit of back pain. She took painkillers, thinking nothing of it. Oh, that's not good. She couldn't sleep. She just dealt with it. One morning, she went to the bathroom before going to school, and she felt the urge to push. She called to her mom for help. That's when mom spotted the child's head. Instead of going to class that day, she gave birth on the floor of her living room with her parents and aunt. That is so bizarre. Isn't that that messed up? so messed up. Very bizarre. It's interesting, though, that she had it obviously had some form of a inclination that she may be pregnant and that she took tests. I mean, she mentioned she took tests. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, perhaps she thought, I'm throwing up. I'm, I'm All these symptoms are pregnancy. That's weird. Took the test. Sometimes that happens, by the way. It could be a false negative, just like any other test. And carried on with her life thinking, okay, so I ruled pregnancy out and I'm still getting my period, which can happen, by the way. For yep. those that don't know, you can still get it. I don't know, which can really throw you off. So she happened to get all those curveballs sent her way. So again, it's so rare, but it's not like I don't believe her. It's a strange thing. I just can't imagine. I, oh. I, I, can't ima- I can't imagine what it's like to be pregnant in the first place. I, I really can't. But to be pregnant and have zero clue that yeah. you're actually about to give birth. She, she knew when her mom saw the head. That's crazy. Like, the baby was partially out when she finally acknowledged, oh, shit, I'm pregnant. Did it say if she was full term? I I believe she was fairly close, actually. I I don't think full, full, but not that far off. She must have had a very still, chill baby. Maybe it was all those painkillers she was popping. Because, (laughs) I'll tell you, toward the end, no, they'll let you know they're there and they move around a lot and it's unmistakable. So there's a couple of different things that could be the reason why there. The baby could, like, maybe she didn't know what she was feeling for. That's possible. Uh, oh my gosh, but uh, hey, good luck. Good luck when you, when you don't even know you're going to have a baby and then it just happens as a teen, especially like imagine making that phone call to the baby daddy. It's not just a phone call of I'm pregnant and it's yours. It's Hey, so hear that crying in the background. You better get your ass over here and bring some diapers. Cause that's your fucking kid. <laughs> it's happening real quick. Wow. And on that, we will say, have yourselves a great day, everybody. We will be back tomorrow with another fresh episode of After 9. A couple things we'll leave you with here before we go. We always play you the best late-night jokes or a couple highlights from the late-night comics. We try to whenever they're on live anyway. But we're also going to leave you with a bit of last night at the Emmys. You watched 
overall thoughts and impressions? You know what? I'm not a big fan of award shows, especially anymore. I'll say like maybe 10 years ago, I was like, oh, they're fun, cool. But I feel like when it comes to television, there's so many options. You watch and you feel good when when your show or one of the shows you watch, somebody wins, it's great. And that was last night. Uh, Succession was the most nominated. Didn't even walk away with all the trophies, but got some of the main ones, including best drama series. Uh, Ted Lasso was another one that got a lot of nominations, ended up taking home best actor for Jason Sudeikis and also outstanding uh, series comedy for them that's great Zendaya I'm a huge Euphoria fan so I was glad to see her win she deserved it not really a lot of like shocking crazy moments Keenan Thompson has hosted many things before in the past uh, he hosted the show last night and was very safe but that's Keenan Thompson's style man he's Nickelodeon baby he comes from a Nickelodeon background but he he played it safe but it was still it was it was fine it was fun to watch um, but one of my favorite moments was Lizzo taking home her award. Okay, so here's Lizzo, and then we will leave you then with a little bit of Keenan Thompson's monologue, and we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Bye. The trophy is nice, but my emotion is for these people who are on this stage with me. The stories that they shared. When I was a little girl, all I wanted to see was me in the media. Someone fat like me, black like me, beautiful like me. <laughs> If I could go back and tell little Lizzo something, I'd be like, you gonna see that person, but bitch is gonna have to be you. <laughs> now, I love Squid Game. And if you don't know what Squid Game is, it's a contest you enter when you're in massive debt and desperate for money. Joining the cast next season, Netflix. Thank you. Uh, Zendaya is here from Euphoria. Hello, Zendaya. Zendaya just turned 26 last week. Happy birthday. 26 is a weird age in Hollywood. I mean, you're young enough to play a high school student, but you're too old to date Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Martin Short and Steve Martin are seated right in the front here. Right up front, so if they win, it should only take about 15 minutes to walk them up here. I love it. This is exciting. History was made as 45-year-old Tom Brady became the oldest starting quarterback in NFL history. Wow. Yeah, at at Brady's age, when he claps to get the snap, all the lights in his house turn off. (laughs) Yeah, at Brady's age, the only false start he gets now is when he's peeing. Uh, You look, guys, this weekend, King Charles was participating in a ceremony to mark his official rise to the throne. People on the inside are saying Charles is already dealing with quite a few problems. For example, I heard that he can't decide what to do with all the palaces left to him by his mother. Kings are just like the rest of us. Apparently, his first order of business was really stretching the definition of the word problem. (laughs) It's definitely going to be weird seeing Charles pop up on an episode of Love It or List It. (laughs) The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.